What's up, everyone? It's Michael Scotto, HoopsHype.com's NBA writer and host of the Hoops Hype podcast. On today's episode, my co-host and our salary cap expert, Yossi Goslin, joins me once again to break down Hoops Hype's top 75 players all time. Our rankings are in honor of the NBA's 75th season. And Yossi, I, I don't think there's any better way to start it off than with probably the best barbershop debate uh, in NBA circles, certainly on NBA Twitter, uh, anytime you know the playoffs roll around. Michael Jordan versus LeBron James for the top overall spot in our rankings. Um, you know, the... The spoiler alert here is that in our rankings, MJ got the nod slightly over LeBron. Uh, you know, the argument for Jordan over LeBron is he's undefeated in his six finals appearances and he's won finals MVP each of those appearances. Um, he had a higher career scoring average, was a 10 time scoring champ, uh, shot free throws a little bit better, but MJ also won. D- a defensive player of the year award and he's been on more all defensive teams and has one more MVP than LeBron. Uh, obviously some people think, you know, that LeBron is a better rebounder and a passer in comparison to MJ, but the way the vote swayed for us was MJ number one. Yeah. Personally, I give MJ the nod, but it's, it's so close. I think in, on one hand, I would say LeBron definitely seems like a more, complete player than one if not the most complete basketball player all around in NBA history but I just really like Jordan's perfection in the finals and just domination in his era Uh, on one hand maybe you can argue LeBron had tougher competition he had to go against the Warriors Um, but at the same time you know he also was forming super teams of his own so um, it's close, but I guess just feels right to give Michael just so slightly the edge. And again, you know, and when the NBA does this list again in another 25 years from now, and by then LeBron's career will be done, you know, who knows where he's going to fall in this argument. Uh, obviously, he's looking to try to lead a Lakers team this season to a title. MJ's career is done. He also had some time away from the game playing baseball, which you've got to factor in as well. Um, You know, that makes the argument a little bit tougher. It's not a a black and white argument. Um, But also, Yossi, when you look at the list, um, you know, especially in talking about LeBron James and the Lakers, the list features six players who played for the Lakers at some point in their career in the top 10. You talk about, uh, the Showtime Lakers living up to their billing and having a bunch of marquee guys on their roster. Um, within that top 10, the six players that played for the Lakers that are in our top 10 overall rankings include LeBron James, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Wilt Chamberlain, Kobe Bryant, and Shaquille O'Neal. That is not bad for a franchise to have six players in the top 10 overall. You know, I think once the Lakers got LeBron, then I really started thinking, wow, like they're really about to 
that's when it dawned on me just how stacked they are with top 10 players. The moment they got him and just thinking about that he's going to have his jersey retired next to all those names he just mentioned. So, just yeah, the Lakers have always had just the elite of the elite in. And then we'll see later on in this list, there's a, no surprise, even more Lakers coming up. Um, uh, so, I mean, you want to just go by some of – you want to go through some of these guys or – uh, you know, I, I think one thing I would say, Yossi, as we get ready to kind of break down the list is that, you know, for me, so like everybody on the staff was given a, a ballot essentially to vote for their top 75 guys. And for me, I think one of the hardest things for me when I was weighing who to rank where was that. You know, when you look at older players and older generations, which, first of all, um, you know, I didn't see, you know, some of these guys that played, you know, like I was born in 89. So if you were playing any time before then, you know, I wasn't even a, a twinkle in my dad's you know what, you know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't even a thought. So at that point, and I've got a couple of years on you. So I think like one that uh, sways our perception a little bit, but also like the older players, when I was looking back at some of their stats, right? Like you, you look at guys like Bob Pettit, George Mikan, who uh, were considered elite in their generation and their era. Um, like they had worse shooting percentages. Like Bob Pettit was a 43% for his career. George Mikan guy only played seven seasons and he shot 40%. Um, and then you had, you know, there were less teams in the league years ago, and those teams were much more stacked. Like, look at what the Celtics did in the 60s. So for me, it was kind of weighing that balance a little bit, first off, just so fans can get an idea and the listeners what we were kind of going up against. And, and you know, you know that no matter where you rank people, somebody's going to have something to say. And the first thing I thought it was like the Stephen A meme when he's like, we don't care. We don't care. Because we don't. We don't got time. Everybody's got a different opinion. It's okay. But that's how that's, that was one of the things I had trouble with. Like when you were going through your list and, and ranking, like what uh what was sticking out to you? So I think the criteria is really important. I feel like there could be somewhat of a generational divide when it comes to how people go ahead and do their rankings. Now keep in mind the NBA is not gonna do a ranking, they're just gonna list the 75 best players but you know we being hoops type we're gonna you know we will rank a uh, very common thing to do now with uh like personally i i'm with you that i'm more of a best prime uh i like to weigh competition and i think a lot of you know there will be a lot of people when they do their criteria and they come up with their list. They'll want to recognize players for their contributions and helping the league progress and choosing the best players, trying to represent all eras. But um, personally, I want to choose players with the best primes and they succeeded against some of the elite competition. And um, while I understand the former, um, you know, and also accolades obviously falls into both both camps. Uh, so being more of like talent and skill, kind of like I'm trying to weigh those attributes more. 
my personal list will it'll skew more recent players. I'm with you that I don't have too much to say on guys that were in the beginning of the NBA. Uh, so my list might skew more players that were in the post merger and uh, around the time once the league started to grow to a respectable amount of teams and uh, once the three point line was put in. I know it might be unfair to a lot of the older players, some pioneers that really helped the league evolve, but personally, I'm just choosing 75 greatest players, not so much 75 most important players. So I think that's the distinction I want to make with my criteria. And I think you sounds like you're in a similar position. Yeah. And I remember, you know, when we were doing the ballot and stuff, like I probably had, uh, Bill Russell, probably a little lower than some people did, um, you know, within my like top 10 rankings. I think what was interesting for me in doing this was um, I think for, for some of us, especially on the staff, you know, the Kobe, Duncan, Shaq trio of ranking them because they were all in the same era, um, you know, where Larry Bird and Magic Johnson fit because they carried their era uh, Russell and Wilt Chamberlain, all those years that they went up against each other. Then you factor like in the longevity of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's career and uh, what he was able to do. So for me, like especially when I looked at the top ten, like that, that was the toughest thing for me and and weighing those guys. But um, you know when you we when you talked about the the skewing more towards like this generation. So in our top 75 overall at Hoops Hype on the vote, there are 33 new entries out of that 75, which I think speaks to the way the game has evolved, more shooting of the ball and uh, a a higher pace uh, and scoring whatnot. So for, for the listeners that are tuning in, these are the names of the 33 entries that are new out of that top 75. You're going to recognize some of them. Some of these guys you might think of even earlier on in their career, um, you know, even in the early 2000s. Some guys from the 90s cracked it, but it was an interesting list now because you've got LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Durant, Kevin Garnett, Stephen Curry, Dirk Nowitzki, Dwayne Wade, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Paul, Allen Iverson, Steve Nash, Kawhi Leonard, who was an interesting rank for us because he certainly uh, missed some time during the regular season. Jason Kidd, uh, James Harden, you got Gary Payton, Dominique Wilkins, a little bit more of a throwback player, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, who's one of the first guys to average a triple-double since Oscar Robertson uh, and broke some records there when he was on his way to MVP. Carmelo Anthony, Paul Pierce, Bob McAdoo, another throwback player, Damian Lillard, Ray Allen, Pau Gasol, who just retired. Shout-out to him on an incredible career and um, a guy who makes our top 75. Dwight Howard, who's on a t- uh, towards the end of his career now. You got Dennis Rodman, who I think that might shock some people that he's in the top 75. It may or may not. 
because he was a primarily defensive player. Um, Chris Bosh made our list and Tony Parker as well. Vince Carter, Air Canada. And rounding out the, the new entries, Alex English, Bernard King, who had some really high scoring seasons with the Knicks. And one of my personal favorites, uh, Tracy McGrady. So, you know, with that in mind, I think it speaks to, like you said, the skewing of the newer generation and whatnot. And, um, you know, you'll see some observations in that the the Lakers, you know, we touched on them in the top 10. They they had eight players in the top 25 and 11 in the top 50. And one guy that I know you you in particular are very high on um, that made the top 25 already. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, so the main thing about Giannis is I'm looking at what he's already accomplished. And so I think we, yeah, we had him just within the top 25. And it, I just was, it, it, it surprised me just how high he was as we're doing the ranking. Like two-time MVP already, already has a ring, defensive player of the year. He already has to be a top 25 player. And yeah, that's how the list was reflected. And he's only been in the league for eight years now. Very, very impressive. Um, and it just got me thinking that by the time his career is all said and done, he's probably going to like double his ranking at least. I feel like he should definitely get into the top 10, if not just outside the top 10. So, I mean, just a couple, just a couple things with Giannis. Players with two MVPs in one ring. There's Pettit, Russell, Wilt, Kareem, Mo- Moses Malone, Bird, Magic, Michael, Duncan, LeBron, Steph, and then Giannis. That's 12 players to have two MVPs in one ring. And then I think a more common group of accolades that Giannis is in, players with one MVP, one defensive player of the year, himself, Michael, and and Hakeem. So just absolute elite talents that he's being listed with already. And it just happens so fast that he's already – this high i it, it caught me by surprise that's the main thing and um i do feel there's somewhat of like a uh gap between the like top 24 top 25 and then like right after that between uh if you look at our list and you see the top 25 guys i feel like right after that it starts to take like a gap from like elite of the elite to you know very great all-time players and yeah, he's already he's already crossed that threshold, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean another guy that came up, uh, a guy that's still playing now and in, in his prime, Kevin Durant. Uh, he's top fifteen. He's he's further ahead than that, but I don't want to spoil it for those that are haven't looked at the list just yet. You know, KD comes in top fifteen. Some other standouts that make the the top twenty from uh, more recent generations: Kevin Garnett. Uh, Steph Curry, Dirk Nowitzki as well. Um, and within that top 25, just ahead of uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think that could change years down the line. But for now, Dwayne Wade also getting some love. Um, you know, Steph Curry, a guy who has revolutionized the three-point game with the ability to shoot off the dribble, shoot from the logo, um, catch and shoot, you name it. Like, this guy 
is going to break every three point record that there is pretty much. And it just, um, what he's done is, has been incredible to watch. And I, I think for a guy, his size in particular too, like you think of the other shooters from years past that were considered elite, like the Reggie Millers, the Ray Allens, they, those guys were, you know, like six, five shooting guards. And then you've got Steph Curry coming in with the ball in his hands, creating shots for himself, his quick release, and just such a, a perfect like rainbow swish, uh, a joy to watch. And similarly, you know, Dirk Nowitzki revolutionized the, the stretch forward for big men. And in my opinion, obviously he can do more than that. He could put the ball on the floor and, and get to the rim. You know, he asked the Miami heat in the NBA finals. Oh, but, uh, in any event, uh, Dirk being able to shoot the ball really changed the game for big men. And obviously, uh, for European players coming overseas as well, th- those were guys that stuck out to me in that kind of top 20 range from the, the newer generation. And with KD, um, you know, he's a guy that some people consider a candidate to win the MVP award this season. You know, you're not fully sure what Kyrie Irving's uh, future is going to be this season. So a lot of interesting headlines there. I think with Dirk, I was surprised that he was as high as we ranked him. But I I think it, it does make sense in the end. A lot of it, you know, it might not have all – you might not have as many accolades as a lot of these other guys. He has one ring, one title. Um, but, you know, statistically, he's high up on a lot of the all-time lists. Uh, I do think him playing in Dallas and being the Dallas franchise player, that's definitely helping him. But just uh, definitely a longevity thing. But also that title he got in 2011 had to be one of the toughest titles I've ever seen pulled off in my lifetime. To Yeah, I mean, you know, the Heat kind of like – were in their own heads, but oh my God, Dirk was unbelievable in that series. Like I don't, I was pretty shocked when they swept the Lakers, but that kind of showed me just how well the Mavs were clicking at the right time. And Dirk was just unstoppable, miss, making everything. Um, that definitely helps him in that case. And I mean, we're talking about Duran and Curry. It'll be very interesting to see just how much higher they go. They still have a lot of time. Both players just signed their big extensions. Uh, I think there's a very strong chance Durant should at least like just get into the cusp of like the top 10 of when the NBA does their top 100 list. I think there's a good chance. Uh, Curry maybe could get right behind there. We'll see. Um, it's definitely a lot of potential for these guys to – you know, they could definitely get another title each, uh, get a much higher on all-time lists. Um, you know, they could definitely be in, like, the 10-ish range, like, or just outside of it at least. You bring up a good point. There's definitely an opportunity for Steph to climb more than KD. We do have KD ranked ahead of Steph Curry on our list right now uh, for those that are tuning in and listening uh, before checking it out on HoopsHype.com. But, yeah, like, it – you know, can they can these guys get ahead of Oscar Robertson, Hakeem Olajuwon, guys like that? And then you look at the other top ten. You know, you got Duncan, Shaq, Kobe's in there, Bird. Like, I, it'll be interesting to see how far up the ladder they can go. But um, 
you know, some other observations for me. And, and I think this was also like a, a difference in, in viewpoint, like you and I voted for Tracy McGrady higher than where he finished. Um, he finished just inside the top 75. And I know some people will say, well, he had an injury shortened career, but the peak of Tracy McGrady uh, as a two-time scoring champion was tremendous. And, you know, growing up as a kid, a guy that, you know, would I love the T-Max sneakers. They're my favorite pair. I still have a pair now to this day that I keep in mint condition. And, you know, when I think of T-Mac, I, I think of like playing with him on him and like Vince Carter on like the NBA live video games. I remember I'll give you a funny story. You'll see like I remember when I was just starting out in the world of journalism and I was going to Nick games with credentials and I, I saw Tracy McGrady when he was with the Atlanta Hawks and obviously it was towards the tail end of his career and nobody was in the locker room and I went up to Tracy McGrady and I asked him uh, for some time and he gave me like a good seven minute one-on-one interview and I was stunned at how smart like for a guy that never went to college I thought he was a pretty smart guy and I appreciated how eloquent he was as a speaker and and given his time to a kid essentially you know I was in my early I think I was in my early 20s at that point um so kind of speaks to him and I'll give you a Kevin Garnett story. When Garnett was with the Brooklyn Nets, um, the first year that he was there, you know, we would go in a locker room, and a lot of times the veteran guys, they were never there. And it was towards the end of media availability, and KG walked by, and it was literally nobody in the locker room but him and me at that point because everybody was filing out. And I had family I have family that is from St. Paul, Minnesota. And I always told them that if I saw Garnett, I would mention that to him as, you know, a favor to them and whatnot. And when I did that, I was like, first of all, he's a very intimidating guy because he doesn't like to talk a ton before the game ever. So I stopped him for a second and I told him, and I got a guy that's like a foot taller than me looking down at me. And I, I just told him, that I had family from St. Paul, Minnesota. And, you know, it was kind of like a way to have an icebreaker that if I ever needed to ask him future questions. And this dude pounded his chest three times, stuck his, like, fist out to give me a pound. He's like, always got love for Solar, baby. Always got love. And I was like, I was stunned at, like, how, like, I, first of all, when he pounded his chest, like, it's almost like the way like he bangs his head up against the wall. Like I had no idea that that was coming. I was like, all right, cool. Now, like I could ask KG a question without getting my head chopped off. Uh, so we had so you talked about T-Mac and KG right there. So T-Mac, you said we had him just barely making the top 75. Oh, Garnett, we Garnett, the- we had. Go ahead. Yeah, like Hoops Hype overall when we did the vote had him in the top 75. You and I had him yeah. much higher than that. So I'll say this about T-Mac. Uh, kids, if you haven't watched any highlights, one of the best highlight reels you can possibly find on YouTube. Um, now, I grew up in L.A., huge Kobe fan. 
but I had the T-Mac 3s, the light, shiny blue ones. Honestly, if I could find a new pair, I would on my adult size now. Uh, I'll say this, like, you can make a case to me that T-Max Prime was a, had a better Prime than Kobe. I'm, I don't necessarily agree, but you can make that argument and, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I definitely listen to it. Uh, same thing, like, with KG and Duncan. We have KG not too far down from Duncan, but I, like, you can make the case to me that like prime KG at his absolute peak maybe was better than peak Duncan. Maybe like in his MVP season, Ooh, no one was touching him. He was unstoppable that year. That's a hot take. I feel like I feel like a lot of people might chop your head off for that one. Oh no, no, no. I'm not saying I agree. I'm just saying you can make the argument and, and be like, you know what? No, yeah, you got some good points. Uh, so no, I mean, but the whole all I'm trying to say is that you know, T Mac at his absolute peak. That's a big reason why, for me, not only does he make top 75, I had him, I, I want to say I had, maybe had him in the 50s. I don't know. I have to look back. But we, we I did. had him pretty high. We uh, did. We had him in, I, I, I want to say, the low to mid 50s. And, again, that was more based just, on his peak. Yeah. Is Yeah, he was just so skilled. Uh, just There's just so many things he – so many incredible things he did that – you know, doesn't quite get enough. Uh, I don't think he gets enough recognition for how good he was at his absolute peak. Because I mean, he couldn't get a lot of injuries and couldn't. I don't think he made it past the second round. Was that the was that the thing or was the first round? I forgot what it was. But you know, not a lot of postseason success, but just an absolute skilled scorer. Yeah, well, if anybody saw him in Orlando trying to carry that Magic team on his back, scoring. Uh, as a two-time scoring champ, there's a reason the guy had an average 30 points a night. Um, he didn't have a lot of offensive help around him. But, you know, another guy I think that gets underappreciated, at least for me in the rankings, uh, Chris Bosh, a guy that put up plenty of individual accolades in Toronto. But then when he went to the Miami Heat, you know, I just thought his versatility as a guy that could stretch the floor, uh, post up on the block in isolation, guard and pick and roll and pick and pop sets was a key factor to Miami. And I felt like he got more of his flowers. Um, I had him a little higher in the fifties than I think some of the other guys did on the list. But again, for that alone, I I just wanted to give Chris Bosch his flowers there as a guy that I also felt like, you know, when the big three were in their prime, sometimes he kind of got, it seemed like picked on a little bit on social media, but Man, that guy, the real basketball junkies know like what that guy would bring every night to that team. And he made the biggest sacrifice out of the big three, in my opinion, to make it all work. Yeah, and I think his time in Miami and, you know, he did take a step back. He uh, statistically third option, uh, so also took a step back in usage. But I remember his time in Toronto when he was the guy and he had everything to himself. And he was like, you know, like in the late 2000s, you had, you know, you had Duncan, KG, Dirk. And then, you know, Bosch was, Bosch and Powell were like kind of, yeah, Powell probably a little higher. But then Bosch is kind of there in that mix. I might be missing a couple names, but he was, he was just so good. And when he was the man in Toronto and, you know, he came to Miami and, 
a lot of I don't I think a lot of a lot of the luster kind of got faded in people's minds. But you got to look at both things where his apps, you know, he his absolute greatest like statistical time and and peak was in Toronto. That one was one part of his career, and then he went to Miami and helped win two titles. And uh, it's just like like this perfect complete career yeah i got a little cut short uh but and he'd probably be a lot higher if had that not happened but um definitely a guy i was afraid wouldn't make our top 75 and um, i'm glad he did and hopefully he does on the actual nba top 75 yeah and similarly enough i think pal gasol was another guy that um and again congrats to him on a remarkable career but Making our top 75 list, I'm curious how the rest of the NBA is going to view that when they do their list. Um, I think he's in 100%. I think so too, but I is it a is it a full slam dunk? I, I just wouldn't be shocked, um, but was happy to see him make that list. Um, when that guy went to the Lakers, it, it man, did that make his career. And, you know, Jeannie Buss saying that, they're going to retire his jersey, I think, speaks volumes enough. Because when you think about the guys that the Lakers have retired, uh, to have your jersey retired by that organization, uh, that's – I think – I will go as far as to say that is as close to like a notch below the Hall of Fame, I think, because <laughs> they're just so stacked like we touched on earlier, how many guys the Lakers had that were elite players. And, um, you know, he – him making it was awesome to see. I think when I looked at some of the other guys on this list, you know, Reggie Miller got, I think, somewhere in the 50s. And I know he was the best shooter of his era, but um, I I thought he was a little overrated, I'll be honest with you. Like Reggie, consistent score, 18 points a game. But it was a guy, when I looked at how many All-Stars he had, he was only a five-time All-Star. That kind of surprised me. Um, you know, I think he kind of paved the way for guys like Ray Allen after him and Steph Curry to be elite three point shooters. But I was just a little surprised to see him maybe as high in the fifties as I did. I thought he'd be a little lower. And another guy that was a little high for me was per on a personal note, uh, Wes Unseld, just because, you know, offensively he averaged 11 points for his career. I, I thought he would make the top 75, uh, especially for his ability as a rebounder. Um, but I, I didn't think he would go that high. Just my personal thoughts on that. I don't have too much to add on Wes Unseld. As far as Reggie, I mean, I see what, I see where you're coming from. But I, ultimately, I do feel he's somewhat properly rated. I think there's a lot of a lot of what helps Dirk helps Reggie being the franchise player of Indiana. And, you know, just stuck stuck around with them and uh you know for a long time couldn't get past detroit couldn't get past uh, the bulls with mj and you know took him to that one finals granted the east was at a really weird spot at the time uh not a lot competition going on there but uh you know he was the first real great shooter uh we got to number one and three point main. Now that record's getting got broke by Ray Allen. It's about to get broken by Steph. Um, 
I think yeah, I think he's somewhat properly rated. Yeah, he might not be uh, like among the elite of elite, especially in his position, but just overall very respectable career uh, and the you know just just yeah the first real great shooter I think he needs to get some definitely needs to be at least in the top 60 if not like top 70 ish in my opinion I think it's pretty pretty properly rated in the 50s and some guys that 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 were notable omissions guys that didn't make it um, that I think some would try to make a case for. Uh, among them, Yao Ming, Ben Wallace, Nikola Jokic, Kyrie Irving missed the cut. Um, and you got some guys like uh, Clay Thompson, Paul George, Chris Weber, Dikembe Mutombo. Uh, and, and I know internationally this might ruffle some feathers, but Manu Ginobili did not make the top 75. Um, yeah. You know, I <laughs> apparently that's the one that's that might like really ruin us. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I'll say this. I think, you know, what what struck me with when when I saw that Rodman made our list in, you know, I didn't have him that high to be honest. But like ever, you know, the rest of the staff did, and him making the list, I was like in my head, well. If, he's going to make it then like does Ben Wallace make it and he didn't and it's like well I, I don't know you can make an argument there for elite defensive years even though Rodman had more years than Ben but Ben's peak was absurd as a defensive player of the year guy um Jokic I think is knocking on the door give him a few years if he keeps playing the way he is um he could find his way there same thing you know, like a guy like Joel Embiid down the line, if he can stay healthy, you know, those are those are guys that like remain to be seen. And, you know, Kyrie Irving's another guy. I, I was I I don't know if I was totally surprised Kyrie didn't make it, but I thought there would have been a case where he could have been in there. Guy made one of the biggest shots in finals history, and he's been one of the elite shot creators in the game and a magician with the ball. He's got a guy that shot 50 40 90 this past season like i i think there is a case there for him yeah i think i had Kyrie in there like towards the very later end um rule of thumb for me i i had uh i just wanted to get some mvps in there so i i put yoke not only did i put Jokic in my top 75 i also put derrick rose i just really wanted to make sure he gets some representation in there but he did not make the cut uh you mentioned ben wallace yeah no there is definitely some kind of um like if yeah i think on one hand if we are we do put rodman then you should we should get ben wallace in there but not honestly i'm not too sure what happened there i'm to be honest i don't think either will make the actual top 75 but uh just looking back at Rodman, I think definitely worth a lot of consideration. Uh, Yao Ming, a guy that when he was at, I just want to talk about Yao Ming a little bit because had he like in his around 2006, 2007, I thought he was the best center in the NBA. Like he was, he was so good when he played and then just would get injuries every so often uh he if 
I I want to say he didn't quite make it through like his ninth season, something like that. But mm-hmm. if he had a couple, if he at least made it to like year twelve, I want to say with you know still having some injuries now and then and still playing at the level he was playing, I think he for sure would have cracked this top 20, top seventy five. He was he was unbelievable when he played, just uber efficient, uh, just a guy. Like at his best, no one could touch. Yeah, Yao. When Yao used to go up against Shaq, that was always a battle, and I enjoyed those personally. Um, Manu Ginobili, really good player, and as part of a dynasty, I think just the individual statistics fell a little bit short for us um, when we looked at the list. And uh, one other guy, I was a little surprised. I think I gave him probably a higher vote than other people was Artis Gilmore. I thought based on his stats, um, he would make it, but he, he just missed the cut. So that kind of surprised me a little bit when we had the overall rankings. But, you know, with that in mind, you'll see there were some guys that made the NBA's official top 50 list that did not make this list on our hoops hype rankings. And I, I just want to mention those guys. You've got Bill Walton, who... Talented guy, but had an injured uh, injured career. He had Earl the Pearl Monroe, who anybody that delivers helps the Knicks like try to win a championship. I think like that guy's got to get some recognition just for that alone. Nate Thurmond, Sam Jones, Jerry Lucas, Dave Bing, Bill Sharman, Billy Cunningham, and Dave DeBusher. Yeah, I mean, like you know, like we said before. Most of these guys, if not all of them, I mean, yeah, pretty much all of them, uh, they're all before my time, so can't really say much about these guys. I'll say a little bit about Bill Walton. I believe he finished tied for 75th but on, on our list, but was like, uh, I guess, I don't know how the tiebreakers went, but he was like, he's technically 76. Um and I remember he just had a really short run on top, led the Blazers to their only title. I'm sure he'll remain on the actual uh, NBA 75. Um, and as for the other guys, I'm I really don't know how what's going to happen there on the real list. Uh, I, I mean, like as far as what I know about them, I've done a lot of research when I was young, looking up all-time statistic leaders. So that's how I will get familiar with these names. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, but most likely though, I don't know about these guys, but at least some players from the original fifty. I get a feeling some of those players will probably get eliminated from the from the newest uh, seventy five. No doubt, especially when you got guys like James Harden and Russell Westbrook putting up putting up triple doubles on a nightly basis. It's the game has changed a lot. Um, I look forward certainly to the feedback we're going to get on this list. Uh, I will tell you, you know, no matter what you think of the list, the graphics are going to be awesome. We've seen some of the previews of what the graphics are going to look like. I, I look forward to those. And, you know, Yossi, once again, I look forward to covering the 75th, the NBA's 75th season with you. I think it's going to be uh, pretty exciting. And to watch a lot of these guys that are in that top 75 all time play right now. Likewise, Mike, it's going to be a good season, a first normal season in a while. Uh, keeping my fingers crossed on that. Uh, yeah, let's get back into it. 
And on behalf of my colleague, Yossi, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. If you want to hear more episodes of the Hoopside podcast with guest appearances from NBA players, coaches, executives, and media members, you can like and subscribe to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You can also keep up with my tweets on Twitter at Mike A. Scotto. Make sure you're following Yossi too at Yossi Goslin, Y-O-S-S-I-G-O-Z-L-A-N. Until next time. I'm your host, Michael Scotto, wishing you and yours all the best.